Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar De Jesus. And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. Today, we talk to another legend in the industry, Wayne Ivish from Taylor Technologies. Wayne has spent the last 31 years in the pool industry, and you probably know him from all of the trainings, all the education that he's done for the pool pros and probably recognize him from all the shows that he's attended. I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk, and we ain't talking about netting and jetting and splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, poolinvoice.com, and Blu-ray XL. We want to thank them for their continued support. Zach, good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's been an absolutely busy week here. Our team has been growing. We've brought on some new people over the last few weeks, and we've been doing more group trainings, and everyone's just been really engaged. So the vibe's just been awesome around here lately. And before we get too far into this, I should probably mention that they're doing road construction right outside the building, and <laughs> the timing couldn't be better because they did a section of it last week and they had to i guess let the concrete set so for the last probably four days they haven't done anything no one's been here and just about an hour and a half ago they came back put their cones back out and now they have this like a tractor thing out there with a big smashing guillotine looking thing and they're literally hammering the concrete and breaking it up it's very methodical and i can feel the building shake every time it hits so have fun with that edgar do you happen to piss somebody off at the city is that what you did I guess so, because they are literally like outside the door, just smashing the road. So, <laughs> Wayne, good morning. Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Fine. I do not have road construction outside my house. Sorry. <laughs> could have been stereo or something. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We could have kind of had some stuff going. By the way, Wayne, they just love to make my life happy when I have to go in and edit the podcast and do all that fun <laughs> stuff. So whether it's a barking dog or something, they're always trying to make sure I enjoy that for days to come as I'm editing the podcast. <laughs> just throw so. in like a couple pin clicks here and there and just make them work. <laughs> or, or I'll drop something really loud. Yeah. <laughs> I've had that, Wayne, where somebody is talking and they're kind of a little nervous. So they keep click, 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 click. So... <laughs> In the video, you don't catch it because you're distracted by people moving and talking and people mm -hmm. are looking at you yeah. when you're just sitting there just listening. All you hear is the click, click, <laughs> click. So, But anyways, so Wayne, we're glad to have you on. One of the things that we wanted to talk about before we started on the podcast, guys, is that we've added a button to our website at poolnation.com. 
you're able to submit your questions and we can go ahead and answer those on the air. So if you have questions, guys, go to poolnation.com. You'll see a very big button there. It says submit questions. You guys can submit the questions and we will answer those for you on the podcast. I also want to talk about the Western Pool and Spa Show in Long Beach, and we'll be there the 10th, 11th, and 12th. For more information, you can go to thewesternshow.com or poolnation.com. See, I'm already starting, Zach, with the .com and the www. <laughs> with the poolnation.com website, there's a button there. You can click on it, register. We are going to be doing some classes, and we're going to talk about this in just a minute because... I know that Wayne's done a lot of classes, but Wayne, these will be the first classes that we ever teach at a show. So there's a little bit of pressure, you know, there's a little bit of the no pressure. Know, no, no, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be teaching two classes, adding value to your business with branding and understanding business metrics, financials, and your mm -hmm. cost of service. They do have some classes that I do want to take, Zach. And Wayne, since I have you on, I've talked about this on some other podcasts, but I know that you're going to be teaching some classes there. So I am going right. to go down memory lane and I am going to go take those classes and sit in those classes. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. The big thing that they do at the show every year is they do a truck giveaway. Obviously, we know that we have supply chain issues all over the place. So this year, what they're doing is they're doing a $20,000 cash prize giveaway. So Wayne, you can join us. What we've done is we've put in a requirement that whoever mm -hmm. wins it needs to right then and there, take us to Vegas Saturday night, Sunday <laughs> night, come back Monday. <laughs> so, so whoever wins that, so we'll put you on the list. That way we will we'll add yeah. that Wayne has to go with us. So can yes, you imagine that? Yes. Yeah. Take it all, take it off. <laughs> so we're hoping to meet a lot of you guys out there. So make sure that you message us, let us know that you're going to be attending the show. The other thing is our peer-to-peer -peer meeting. We meet once a month. If you want to join our peer-to-peer -peer meeting, you can go to poolnation.com. You can register there. We meet once a month to talk about the topics that are important to you and your business. So if you're going through any issues with your business, what we do is we throw it out to our entire peer-to-peer -peer group and kind of talk about maybe some of the things that they do with those same situations. And then last thing for today is this week's shout out goes to Chris from Pool Guardians. Zach, the one thing is we got to meet Chris at the International Pool and Spa Show. And I realized that I gave them just like one big shout out at the beginning, but that I hadn't recognized them all individually. And we've gotten to meet Chris and his wife and they're a wife and husband company, Wayne, and they're just amazing. So we want to say thank you. For your support thank you for the follow and it was great meeting you chris so big shout out to you all right now that i got all that out of the way wayne i'm super excited to have you on today i've been waiting to do a podcast with you for a little while and i'm sure we're going to talk about test kits here and there one or two questions but i'm going to flip the tables on this podcast and really what we want to do is we want to get the story of Wayne. We, we really want to get to know Wayne as Wayne himself and not obviously always go to the, hey, what's the phenol red and what's, <laughs> you know. So we want to talk about all your years in the industry. We want to talk about you. So what I want to do is I want to start by having you kind of introduce yourself and don't mm -hmm. spill all the tea because we're going to kind okay. of break some of that down. So can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and a little bit about what you do? Sure. Um, I am, and it's pronounced Ivasich, by the way, Edgar. <clears throat> Day Jesus. Okay. <laughs> you do not know what you just did, Wayne. Oh. We're just, I am not going to hear the end of this. <laughs> had to do it. Had to do it. 
um, the manager for education and technical services at Taylor. And what that means in English is I do all of the, the seminars, webinars, individual classes, uh, go to health departments, basically whomever would like somebody from Taylor to go and teach a class on some related topic. That's part of what I do. The other part of what I do is that I'm at the other end of uh, our emails when people call in with questions or type in with questions or whether they call with questions. And they're usually the questions that are like the really weird questions, not the normal questions you get. I've trained our customer service staff over the years to handle those basic questions like, why is my sample purple instead of red? That kind of thing. That's easy. And then if they don't know the answer, then I get it. If I don't know the answer, that's a problem. Uh, <laughs> I have people I can go to, but it doesn't happen often. But I also, what I do, and, and actually there's a third part, I have the wonderful distinction of being the trade show coordinator. So any trade show that Taylor's involved in, whether it's on the pool spa side of our life or the industrial side of our life, I work with because I've been doing it for so long. It's like, you know, you don't even think about doing it. You know what to do. You know what forms to fill out. You know how much to pay, who to contact, that kind of thing. And right now, the trade show season is kind of winding down a tad. The Western show and the Everything Under the Sun show in Orlando, which is the week before the Western show, are technically the last two pool shows for the season. And then it won't gear up again until the Pool Industry Expo in September, towards the end of September. I think it's actually beginning of October this year. So I handle that also. So I was very, very busy a few months ago. And right now it's kind of gearing down slightly. But those are the three things that I mainly do at Taylor. And then there's also the infamous other duties as required which could be anything, <laughs> but that's me. Anything, yeah. Anything else that's tossed your way, right? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I always get calls, Wayne, what was that kit we had 4,000 years ago? Oh, that was a cave, blah, 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 blah. How do you know this? Cause I'm old. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so Wayne, like Edgar mentioned, everyone knows Wayne, they think Taylor kind of the correlation there, but we want to get to know you a bit better. So maybe you could dive a little deeper. Tell us about yourself. In okay. the sense of like, what are some of your hobbies? Are you married? Okay. you have kids? We kind of want to get yeah. to know that side of you. No. <laughs> My wife is not listening to this right now. No. Yes, I am married. I've been married to the, the lovely Maggie since May of 1983. And that was a compliment. <laughs> uh, yeah, 1983, back in the big hair day and the puffy shoulders and never mind. Google it. <laughs> Anyhow, I have two kids, both grown and gone. And yes, there is a dog barking in the background. Not my dog, but a dog. I have two kids. My daughter, Kelsey, is a nurse practitioner. She got her PhD in nursing. Let me shut the door, guys. Sorry for a second. I want to give a shout out to all the people listening on Facebook. Janie, I see that you're online. So big shout out to you out there. Robert is going, Facebook is working today. Woo woo. So big shout out. He's super excited. We have problems Look with it. Pay the bills. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Shannon out there. Big shout out. Jeanette, big shout out to you out there. So big shout out to all you guys. Janie, I hope that you and John are really enjoying your vacation out there. So big shout out to all you guys listening and watching on Facebook. So sorry about that. No, that's okay. There they go. The mailman's here. Yeah. My daughter, Kelsey, is a nurse practitioner. She got her PhD in nursing a few years ago and is practicing down at the University of Maryland Hospital downtown. In fact, she is one of the two uh, nurse practitioners who were in charge of the COVID unit down there. So she was big involved in that. My son, Adam, is a marketing executive director. I don't know what you want to call it 
for a company based out of DC. He lives in Arlington with his uh, girlfriend. And they also have a Malamute, like I do. <laughs> There's <laughs> much younger. That's one of the dogs you heard barking, that one. And the, he, he's actually going to Paris in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's kind of nice. Uh, my daughter and, and her boyfriend live downtown. And Maggie, my wife, is an ER nurse at a local hospital here. So I am bookended by nurses. So whenever I have a medical problem, it's like, ah, suck it up. You'll be fine. I'm, I'm screwed <laughs> both times. So I lived... I've lived here in Joppa Town, Maryland since 1985. In Joppa Town, I was telling Zach earlier, it's about 35-ish miles northeast of Baltimore, right on the Chesapeake Bay. I live across the street from homes that are on the water, so I can kind of bend my neck out of the living room window and see water out there. It's a very marine kind of base community. A lot of boats that I can't afford to buy, things like fishing, things like that. As far as hobbies are concerned, as you guys know, but probably not a whole lot of people out there, I have been active in Baltimore area community theater since I was 16. So, yeah, that long. And I do a lot of musicals. I, I dance, I, I sing, I tell funny jokes, that, that kind of thing. And I've been doing that for a long time. I enjoy it. It's my hobby play golf a little bit when my wife lets me. When he gets uh, permission, is, Zach. Yeah, well, actually, she golfs more than me, so it's like whenever she's available, that kind of deal. She's probably going, I don't want to take him. He's not that good. <laughs> yeah, he's good. yeah there, there's not a tree I don't know in several golf courses in the area or water streams or whatnot. But that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's been an interesting life so far that hopefully will continue to be so and in, in down the road. But that's pretty much me in a nutshell. And it's funny, uh, tying in everything, Edgar and, and Zach, before I go on, is that because I was involved in community theater at such a young age, that whole concept of getting up in front of a group of people and teaching, fear of public speaking, nope, don't have it. I've never had it. So I can get up in front of 10 people. I can get up in front of, I think it's the biggest crowd I've ever had, uh, I've spoken to is about 400 people. Wow. That's a lot of people. <laughs> that is a lot of people. I don't think Zach could pull that off. No. <laughs> Unless there was heavy drinking involved. <laughs> no one wants to see that. No, for sure. So, Wayne, two questions. So, one, if I Google Wayne, and I'm not uh -huh. going to try to pronounce your last name because I'm sure John and Zach are now going to let me have it for like the next three weeks and make fun of me. I appreciate that, Wayne. So, Am I going to find any of that video footage of you doing any acting on stage? Good question. I know so that, that Zach, the, I really want to see that. Yeah. Some of the <laughs> recent shows I've done, they've done videos, they videoed a performance, but it's usually because of where's my script. I just, Oh, here it is right now. Not that I'm promoting it, but, and I know it's backwards and I apologize, but it's something rotten. It's a hysterical comedy based on two brothers who try to emulate Shakespeare that get a hold of a soothsayer who doesn't quite get the future right. And yeah, and I play the soothsayer. And what and <laughs> I saw the show on Broadway with the original cast six years ago. My wife and my family kidnapped me for my birthday, which is next week, hint, hint, and took me up to Broadway and we saw the show. And the minute I saw the show, I knew I wanted to be that character. So it finally came to fruition six years later. But that the whole public speaking thing, not an issue at all. But with videos, some, a bit, well, what I was getting to is that because of the rights involved with, with where you get the stuff from, sometimes they don't allow that. So if I can find 
a video or a link to a video, I will send it along to Edgar for enjoyment purposes. Yeah. Uh, yes. But, but I've done, you know, I've done Shrek. I've done Annie. I've done, you name it, Music Man. Pretty much any of the classic Broadway shows I have done at some point over the years. I was even in a movie one time. Here you go. Yeah, movie, um, movie. As, as an extra, uh, a movie by the name of Avalon came out about 30 years ago, maybe 40 now. Barry Levinson, who's a, a, a director who's a local Baltimore guy, was filming basically his parents' story about when they came to America and they settled in the Baltimore area. And there's a scene that takes place supposedly in July of 1912 at a Independence Day celebration. Well, when they filmed it, I was cast as an extra and we filmed at night and it was in December and 10 degrees outside. But yet it's July of 1912. That's called acting, gentlemen. <laughs> but that was a long time ago. But um, yeah, I'll see if I can get some links for you guys to, to laugh at and throw darts at later on. That, so. that would be great. I would love to see that. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the second thing, Zach. It totally made sense. I didn't know that Wayne did any acting until just recently, and he told me that he did community theater. So normally I'll ask people, Wayne, hey, let's have you on the Instagram Live or video, do a little video, send me a little picture of you like pointing like this so we can kind of create something. Nine times out of ten, they ghost me, right? Like people will not send me a video. They will not send me a picture. They'll send me maybe a good picture of them, a good profile. <laughs> and then I asked Wayne to send me a little video, Zach. And it's like literally like two minutes later on my phone, here comes the little video. And it was like perfect from the And I'm like, wait a second. And then he's like, I do community theater. I'm like, that explains a lot, Wayne. <laughs> it explains a lot from when, from when you do your training to when you do your videos to when you do all that. It's just, it's all natural. And I'm like, totally makes sense. So. That nine <laughs> times out of 10 he's talking about is me and John, by the way. Oh, no, I, I trust me. Like everybody that we have on the podcast, I always ask for the picture, a little video. And nine times out of 10, I don't get them. <laughs> Everybody's just afraid. It's like, you know what? Just go for it. Well, when you've gotten to my age, you really don't give a crap what anybody else thinks you look like. So it's like, oh, that, yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. I do the same thing. I'm like, ah, just go with it. So worst case scenario, somebody has a laugh at my, you know, so... Now, Wayne, well, Zach and I are laughing at you because I just realized one of these things doesn't go with the other, Zach. Edgar doesn't have any facial hair. What's wrong? <laughs> I mean, Zach, you got a nice thing going here. I got a little goatee here that's getting whiter and whiter as I get older. But, you know, um, Smooth Boy over here has nothing. Well, know? he's been trying for the last two years. So. Oh, okay. I, ha I haven't shaved for about two years, Wayne, and this is this is what I get. So I always tell the joke, Wayne, that I shaved for about two years until my roommate came in to, and said, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm shaving. He goes, dude, you're supposed to take the lid off the razor. What the hell are you doing? So I'm like, I've been shaving for the last two years with a plastic yeah. cap on. Yeah. Yeah, Edgar, I have two words for you. Testosterone replacement. Uh, <laughs> so go ahead. <clears throat> Didn't know we were going that way, did you? Mm. Shots fired. Oh, shots fired. <laughs> Zing. Man. Okay, back on topic. <laughs> wow. So, damn. So, Wayne, when did you get into the pool industry? Let me try to change it. Most of us, I fell into it crashing. <laughs> 
falling on the ground. I had worked for the state of Maryland for a number of years as a, what was then called a publications analyst. Back then in the black and white pre-cell phone and computer days, at the University of Maryland, where I was stationed, all of the grants that they did or abstracts or publications for research went through a word processing department. Ooh, you haven't heard that word in a while. And I was in charge of the one for the Department of Pathology at the University of Maryland. So they all came through me. So at that point, I decided to get my master's degree in, in writing, but with a concentration on technical writing, more for research and things like that. Well, the good governor back in those days uh, decided to lay off about 300,000 state employees, of which I was one. And this was now 1980, this would be like 1980-ish. And so, but he gave us like seven months advance notice this was going to happen. Okay, remember that. Cut to my wife, the ER nurse, but wasn't an ER nurse back then. She worked at a local uh, pediatric hospital and worked with another nurse that she became friends with, okay, you're going to have to follow this one, whose brother-in-law was Taylor's production vice president. Got, got that sequence? And in a conversation one, one night, she said, oh, my brother-in-law's company is looking for a technical writer. Maggie told me, I sent in an unsolicited resume to, to this guy, and he forwarded it to who would turn out to be my boss. And over the course of about a three-month period, I went in, showed him some examples of, of my writing because they were looking for then a technical coordinator, okay? And what a technical coordinator did then was pretty much handle anything that was written for the company that went out into the public. So you're talking a little bit of marketing, press releases, things like that. I said, okay, fine. So I got the job and started on September 16th, 1991, which quite ironically was my daughter's fourth birthday. That is She's awesome. She's not four anymore. <laughs> By the way, all the people uh, that are born in September are stud and studettes, just to give you a yeah, <laughs> So, uh, and, and then that evolved after a couple months, my boss said, have you ever thought about doing sales? And I went, absolutely not. <laughs> And he said, well, we'd like you to kind of consider doing it and maybe go on a couple sales swings, still called them sales swings back then, with him to see if I you know, would like it or not. So I did. And it turned out, yeah, I, I could do this. This is pretty easy. I was very natural, very the acting thing, very comfortable talking to people, not shy in the least. And uh, they asked me if I wouldn't consider going into distributor sales for Taylor, cool spa side. And I went, yeah, sure. So I did that for 23 years. <laughs> I was in charge of distributor sales for Taylor. In addition to starting to do all the technical stuff too, the, e the well, the calls then were no such thing as an email. What was an email? We have no idea. Um, you know, the, the, the internet connection was, you know, the dial-up modems where you stick the phone in a little cradle. And so I did that for 22, 23 years. And had always been and developed my teaching skills and things like that. And when the former owner, which we'll get into, of Taylor was had decided to sell the company to his son, then I kind of pushed for a promotion to become director of education, which is what more or less what I'm doing now. That's how it started. So it's been an evolution over those years. Uh, I'm a department of one. 
I, I am my own boss, kind of, which is kind of unusual at Taylor because usually there's you no know, layers and organizations and stuff. It's been an interesting ride. I am enjoying it. <laughs> so I did the math, and that is 31 years working for Taylor Technologies. Yep. So that's a long time for anybody. Nowadays, you don't find that longevity anymore. No. People just kind of no. hop and jump. And so it's kind of neat to be able to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a long <laughs> career. It is. Well, it was, it, it's funny. It's funny you should say that, Zach, because when I started at Taylor, the first thing I told myself was, hey, I'm going to be here five years. No. <laughs> Boy, did I mess up that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> I'm sure Taylor was a lot smaller back then. Okay. So what was that like? What was, you know, obviously we look at Taylor Technologies now and we obviously yeah. think this big, huge company and they sold. We'll talk about that. But what was Taylor yeah. back then at the beginning? It, well, to give you some sense of it, I was ta I was employee number 46. Uh, you know, my little employee pays said number 46. Okay, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah, Taylor uh, was a smaller company. Basically, the feeling of the original owner was that he wanted to keep it small, privately held, which was fine, which was good. Pre-cell phones, pre-computers. I mean, I still remember my AT&T calling card number. Uh, <laughs> I used to know where every public pay phone was in, in every 7-Eleven in Florida, uh, that kind of thing. Um, it was challenging. People would call in orders or fax them in on thermal paper. Yeah, thermal paper. Zach That's is confused. He has no idea what you're talking about. He's like, I don't even know what thermal paper is. <laughs> thermal paper would come in rolls, kind of like toilet paper, and it was real glossy. And a fax would oh, come over uh -oh. and, and you'd rip it off and there would be an order. Okay, back then it was like, ooh, ah, technology, right? Well, the problem is, come to find out, thermal paper fades <laughs> big time and yes. quickly. Um, so they switched over to regular paper. So now who faxes nowadays? It's rare anymore. Scam, send it over. We had one, two, three, four customer service reps. That was it back then, doing calls and taking calls all day long. And as technology grew, we grew and sales increased because we could, it was easier to get our name out there and easier for our customers to access us. I remember getting my first cell phone, green screen with a little pullout antenna, only allowed to use it for 10 minutes a day because it was so freaking expensive to use. And you were in the minute blocks. You only had so many minutes. The price was crazy. Yeah, exactly. And it was a flip phone, you know, so as technology increased, Taylor did. So I apologize for my throat. We were able to create products for customers that, particularly retail stores, that did a lot of testing. They wanted to make it easier. So we developed like in-store labs that would connect to a computer. Test strips were coming into play big time. AquaCheck was the big player, still is to a degree. But they were developing things. We developed, you know, our own set of our own line of test strips. Uh, the labs, then, you know, technology again played into it. And we have these crazy things now called cell phones, which is you love them or hate them. Mostly hate them, but love them. But, you know, there are apps now. You can do pretty much anything pool-wise on there. I mean, water balance, chemical calculations. How big is my pool? You get the dimensions and the depth, and boom, it figures it out for you. So we have grown over the years, and it's a good thing. Because we've been able to increase our customer base, increase the number of distributors, make us even known more internationally than when we were. We are really big in Australia. We are gaining momentum in Europe and parts of Africa. 
and Canada, of course, and Mexico. So it's just, it's phenomenally grown and it's going to do nothing but that. By the way, I have somebody over here telling us that Joel, big shout out to you, brother. Uh, Joel over here saying Taylor was sending out pigeons as emails back then. <laughs> How did he know that? <laughs> ah, freaking Joel. So, so I'm curious, how has Taylor as a company changed over the years from that kind of that smaller employee number 46? Let's mm -hmm. keep it small. What's Taylor? What was that transition? What's Taylor kind of look like today? Like I said, Taylor was privately owned from, let's see, he came in, I think in the late 70s till around 2004, 2005, when the then owner sold the company to his son which was great. He great guy, young. He was probably 30, I think, at that point, had his MBA, knew the company because he grew up in the company, you know, that kind of thing, knew all of us. I mean, heck, I babysat him at one point. So that was kind of weird. He owns the company. What? I babysat him. And so the unfortunate situation was, and it's kind of a sad thing, the son passed away at a very young age and very oh, unexpectedly, no. which kind of, well, it stunned everybody, quite honestly. So for a period of about six or seven months, we were still functioning as a company, but we didn't know what way to go. His dad did not want to come back. I mean, and kind of, I understand that. So our vice president of accounting came out of retirement and kind of ran the company for about seven months. And in the meantime, they were looking for new ownership. And it took a, a while, but we were able to find a new owner. You might know him as Stephen Hurd. Um, uh, used to work for BioLab way back in the day. I've known Stephen almost since the day one that I started at Taylor. Really nice guy. Steve purchased Taylor. And this was a couple of years ago now. I'm probably almost three now. And with Stephen's guidance, uh, the company has just exploded. That's the best way to describe it. No longer the desire to keep it small, privately held, but to expand out as much as we can. And team and Steve, Steve brought in a few people that he was good with that I also knew also to help expand that. And then along came last fall, a week before the international show. We knew that Stephen was looking for investors in the company. We knew that to help expand, which makes sense, right? A week before the international show last year, we get this email one evening that says, oh, by the way, Floridra has acquired Taylor. And we all went, what? Or uh, what? <laughs> so Floridra, we're now part of the Floridra family. We are the only test kit chemistry and testing part of Floridra now. And since the fall, the transfer over to Floridra things has been incredibly smooth, fantastic. The people are great to work with. They're pretty much leaving us alone <laughs> for the most part. One, because I don't think they realize what it is we do or even how we do it. Uh, not yet, at least. But they want to see us function. They want to see all of their companies that they've acquired uh, over the years but to be their own autonomous self, which has been great. Things like CMP was part of them and a couple other ones that you're probably familiar with, but they have a big presence within our industry. I mean, you just see the, their booths at the shows, their involvement with PHTA, things like that. So it's been a really good fit for both what Stephen wanted to do for the company and what Floridian wants to do. 
and knock on a wooden desk, everything is still going to be still going to be great. So it's it's been a it's been a big transition, but it's been a good one, a very good one. I know people were very worried when it first happened. It's like, oh, Taylor's going to go out of business. It's not going to exist anymore. What's going to happen? What's Wayne going to do? I've got that one too. Well, Wayne's still here. <laughs> Wayne's right. still standing. Yeah. Pinch me. I'm still alive. And and it's a good thing. Yeah. I think this year we've had so many companies acquiring so many different other companies right. and stuff like that. So it, that's kind of the big talk of this last year. And it almost became a little bit of a running joke of who's going to acquire who. <laughs> and so you start to think right off the bat, right? A bigger company, one of the three big players acquires somebody, everybody right off the bat, the first thing that you think of is, uh-oh, what are they going to do to the company? Because you right. always hear all these stories of companies buying other companies and then kind of going away from what it is that company does yeah, because right. they try to bring yeah. it all under one umbrella. Mm -hmm. And then those people really don't have the experience with the product or that branch of what it is that they're doing. Right. So. The fact that you're saying that they're letting you guys do what it is that you guys do is great right. because right. you guys, A, have an amazing product. You have you. a great brand, mm -hmm. right? right? And that's something that you really kind of have to protect. I mean, to me, it would be terrible, Zach, for them to go, now we're Fluido Test Kits instead of yeah. Taylor because it's yeah. such a well-known brand. And Zach, you know how it is. Like, it, you know how hard it is to build that good brand that people trust so that a simple thing like that could kind of take away from that so right, i think that's a right, great thing exactly. and we've talked to a lot of the people from fluider and they've been nothing but amazing and great and courteous and so we kind of love working with them now yeah. what were the test kits like back then and i'm, I'm going to throw a little curveball here to you because i was doing an internet search so whoever's listening to this podcast you're not going to be able to see what it is that i'm going to share but i'm going to share my screen for you guys that are on the on on the facebook right zach so they make fun of me because they say the facebook so for those of you that are watching facebook you're going to be able to see this test kit that i found online which i thought was interesting so let me share my screen here everybody's going to be able to see my big, huge, crazy screen here, but let me pull up this picture. Can you see that picture, Wayne? It, it's coming up. There it is. Yeah, I see it now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So is Whoa. was this a test kit back then? <laughs> well, actually, it's part of a test kit. That is a slide comparator. And, and I believe it's the phenol red one. Yes, phenol red. that goes from 6.8 to, to 8.4. We still make that slide. You still after make this? all these years. Yep, just like that. It's part of a, another kit. Well, you can get it individually. You can get it part when you're testing for chlorine too. But they're still around. A lot of commercial properties like high schools and colleges and natatoriums, things like that, still use that because that's what a lot of health departments still use. And the neat thing about them is that we guarantee the colors uh, there, oh boy, forever. Look at that. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. We still have those tests up. Okay, now that's an old bottle. <laughs> I wouldn't use that reagent. <laughs> Probably not good. <laughs> Throw it away. <laughs> now, but, now the one on the left looks like it's almost like one of those little droppers. Remember when the old medicine and they'd squeeze the top mm -hmm. and it would suck? The, yep. Is that what that is? That's what it is. It, that's a, a, a half a milliliter pipette which we still have and still use with this particular kit because that's how much product you need to draw up to apply to the sample in order to get the right color to match. But the base, the slide, everything you see there except for the reagents is pretty much what we still make. And in fact, some of the cases, 
that we have, if you go way, way back, were made out of wood and was there when I first started there. That And you might even see them if you've ever been to the pool industry in Monterey. They have a big display of the history of pools or, or whatever, the history of the industry. And one of the things is that they have one of the old original Taylor test kits that were made out of wood. Wood. <laughs> That's <laughs> pretty cool. I want one of those, Zach. How heavy were those? Were they heavier? Heavy as all get out. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, but they were durable. And then along came, well, not along, before I started, Taylor had acquired a subsidiary plastics injection molding company called Jabez. Jabez makes anything that's made of plastic for us. The cases, the comparator box, things like that. Now, let me ask you, how does this thing work? Because I'm looking at this thing. So, Zach, do you see the picture? So, you got the 6.8, then there's like a little vial that's empty. So, do you have to put reagent into each one of them until it matches? How does that work? No, if you go to the picture, uh, uh-huh. I think it was the next uh-huh. one that had the three rectangular. No, keep going. There you go. See those? Oh, no, go back. Okay. That's it. Stop. Uh-huh. Edgar, stop. <laughs> no, go back. <laughs> Listen to me, Edgar. <laughs> those three rectangular clear test cells are all filled up with your sample water. To one of them, you add in your whatever, your phenol red or whatever it is you're testing for. And then if you see in the back of this picture, those three slots, the one that has the treated sample goes in the middle, and then the two clear ones go on either side of it. So that when you put a slide on, Edgar, if you can go back to that first picture that showed the pH slide, that one. Okay, you can see, starting where the guy's thumb is, one Uh is colored, the next one's clear. Next one's colored, the next one's clear, et cetera. So what what that does is allow the user... The, the outer two test cells that are clear take on the color of the ampule, the color of the ampule. That's all liquid in there, by the way, okay, those colors. So it takes on the color of the ampule, and then you match the middle treated sample to the colors on either side of it. So you get a three-color match, and that's how that works pretty much. And you would use it Zach, like you would do any other color matching test. How cool is that, Zach? It's kind of wild. Like, I would I love want... to like see a lot of the like far out things that you guys have and how to <laughs> utilize them and stuff. Because I've been on the website and I've seen some. There's different tools and stuff. And do you? Yeah. So throughout your years there, do you have a hand in like the development of these different products, or do they come to you and say like, "Hey Wayne, like we're thinking about this. Yes what do you no. think?" <laughs> they they don't come to me for any color matching tests because I suck at color matching. Who knew? particularly chlorine colors uh, for DPD. They're various shades of pink. They all look the same to me. Uh, I have a kind of a, a color blind. It's called red-green. I know what red is. I know what green means. I know yellow means hurry up. I get that, okay? Wait for joke. But subtle shades of red, I can't get. So, for example, when I do a, a chlorine test, I always do our drop test for chlorine, which is pink to nothing, and I can tell nothing, okay? So we're very cognizant of coming out with new products that anybody can use. So they will come to us, us being non R&D people, us, and say, hey, how does how do you think this work for you? Do you see anything wrong with it? Do you have any suggestions? So things like, I don't know if you probably have seen something like this, the watergram, I know it's reversed. This is, it used to be just two dials. Now it's three. It became more, more exact. The booklet that comes in the kit, I helped write that back in the early 90s when I first started there. 
that always evolves. These sample size or the speedster labs that we might create, the test strips. When we first were developing our test strips, they would gather a whole bunch of us outside to see what colors. Well, the problem is they would never go to me to do that. <laughs> I can't match colors, pinks and reds very well. And a lot of men have that problem. So it's not Wayne saying this or Taylor. These are ophthalmologic studies that most men have problems with subtle shades of pinks and reds. Now, not to leave our ladies out of the fray here, it's been shown that they have problems with subtle shades of yellow. So we have to be very cognizant of the colors we develop to make sure that they're consistent and accurate and don't fade over time, that kind of thing, so that you can use them for a long time before you would ever need to replace them. That's pretty cool. Hey, Zach, I just got a little message here that was sent through the website. Looks like Edgar and Zach both have been using their skincare products. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I, I was showing you my light because John calls me the night stalker. So <laughs> I brought this big white light and then it died like right at the beginning. And then now I'm getting the skincare compliment. So is that so. one of those great big circle lights now you see like on TikTok? <laughs> it's like this alien looking thing. Oh, they, yeah. well, Sputnik. Okay. <laughs> Wayne, if you saw the setup that I have right here, you would make fun of me. You know what? I'll take a picture in a little bit and I'll post it on Instagram so that you, you, you can see the craziness that goes on back over here. So my, by the way, my kids are the ones that bash me the, the most. So, but Hey guys, let's do this really quick. Let's take a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, we will continue with Wayne. Good. The SPPA is dedicated to the niche general liability insurance needs of pool and spa professionals. As industry leaders, we'll fight for you, protect you, and be there for you. We provide extraordinary service before and after the membership and insurance is in effect. Insured members of the program get the best customer support and have peace of mind that their alliance is their voice and always fighting for their program and insurance needs. We proudly insure thousands of pool and spa professionals across the United States. With over 30 years encompassing the pool and spa industry, we know the needs of pool and spa professionals. Through the SPPA program, there are three tailored and customized general liability insurance options to pick from. For more information on our programs and insurance options, visit our site at www.thesppa.com. The sound of you continually pitching pool care poles into the trash. The sound of you using an Ultimate Pool Tools carbon fiber pool care pole for years to come. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Now available, Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pull Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com.
Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray all day. Hey everybody, we're talking to Wayne from Taylor Technologies. We're talking to Zach. John is out today. Wayne, how did you like that uh, Blu-ray all day? Did you catch that? <laughs> Impressive that, voiceovers, yes. <laughs> that has that has become every time Zach. Every time I see a little bag of Blu-ray now in my head, all I do is Blu-ray all day. That's, That's good branding <laughs> right there. It is stuck in my head. It, I swear, it's like somebody posted one. Oh my god, Stellar Pools out in Texas posted one, and on top of a pump, and that's the very first thing that came to my mind. So I, I posted uh, that on there, and I went Blu-ray all day to see who would catch on, <laughs> and everybody started commenting on it because it's like Blu-ray all day. So yeah, and, they and did see, a good job. you remember that for decades to come because I can remember commercials as a kid in the 60s <laughs> to this day and verbatim know exactly what product it was. But do I remember like a password that I created two days ago? Hell no. <laughs> I can remember stuff. It's crazy. Like that. That's true. So I kind of want to shift into the training side of things okay. because okay. it's interesting. I've never considered myself like a training person or an educator, but the more people we bring mm -hmm. onto our team, the more I am having to be that mm -hmm. educator. And I'm finding I really enjoy it. And I know you've done a lot of trainings. I'm curious, how yeah. many trainings have you done over the course of your career? Tried to figure that one out the other day. And I know it's well over 1,500 somethings, uh, probably much higher than that. 1,500? Um, yeah. And, and that would include things like the normal seminars I would do at trade shows or health departments or at companies I would go to the webinars I've been doing over the years. I'm a CPO instructor, so I teach CPO. I also teach the instructor's course. So there's those over the years. So it, it, yeah, it, it kind of is <laughs> very foggy as to the exact number, but it's it's an awful lot. And that's, it's funny, that's a Zach, lot of trainings. You know, yeah, it, 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 kind of go along with you. We're talking about a lot of classes. And I'll be honest with you, <laughs> There are some people out there who should not be teaching. Amen, um, brother. Hopefully that's not me. It's like, how the hell did that person ever get approved to teach? And you learn things like how to do a PowerPoint right, how to talk to people, make sure you repeat the questions so that everybody hears. The little things that, that you learn to do that I would do without even thinking. But, you know, and these are people who've been around for a long time. Some as long as me. It's like... Really? They're teaching like that? So it, it, I guess it's unfortunate, but you get out of it what you want to get out of it as an attendee. Okay. So in my cases, when I teach, these are people who are either branded to the industry and their boss made them go, or they've been around for a long time. And this is more like a refresher. So I got to realize that when I teach is that, you know, some of these guys have been, oh, I don't know, all I do is take it and drop it into the pool and I know what the pH is. No, it doesn't work like that. No, please, no. Um, you got to teach them. <laughs> Reteach them, I guess. 
And the new people really appreciate it. What I get nowadays is that, oh, my dad took your class in the 90s. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. As I saw <laughs> so My dad that said to take this class. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for granddad took this class. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Here's the thing is, so I've talked about it plenty of times on the podcast, but Wayne, yours was the first class, water chemistry class that I took. And that was after I had been in the industry for a year or two. So I started my business. You kind of get entrenched. My journey didn't take me there until about two years later at the Western show. And I went and I took your class mm -hmm. and it was great because you have the ability to teach people, but in a way that's very understandable because water chemistry can be very complex. And the moment that oh, you yeah. start going to a brand new person, the HOCL and the this and that, you've lost them. Like it, yeah. it just goes over their head and they're done and they check out and you mm -hmm. can have a room full of people and you'll have five people listening and the rest of the room has checked out just because it just goes over. <laughs> so you have the ability to do that, but then your classes are engaging and funny and, and, and you're very I'm trying energetic. To, and energetic. And so people kind of keep watching the class. I took mm -hmm. your class for like five years in a row, that basic water chemistry class, because every time that I took the class, I would leave with something different. And an example, you talk mm -hmm. about at the beginning of the class, you talk about oxidation and mm -hmm. I took that class and that part of that oxidation didn't click in the first time because there's so much information that I, I just wasn't looking at the two, the yeah. disinfection and the oxidation. And then I got super excited. So I'm like, oh my God, I got to go take more water chemistry classes. And I go to take over this other water chemistry class. And it was exactly like you're saying, Wayne, I walked in there and everything was just so technical to the extreme. Mm -hmm. that 10 minutes into it, Zach, I just stood up and walked out. I'm like, there's, there's just no way that I'm yeah. going to learn. And my thought was exactly that way. Like, how can you have one guy that's teaching this? It's very easy to understand this. And then in the same thing, you have somebody over here teaching something that is just, it's, it's just way too technical. Yeah. yeah. And it, that's, it, that's tough. No, it, it's tough. I'm sorry, Zach. I didn't mean to interrupt you. And it, a lot of it has to do with the style of the instructor and not necessarily information, which I think, Edgar, is what you were referring to is that, and obviously, you're not the first people tell me that about how I teach, is that I try to explain things. I don't dumb things down, let's put it like that, because that's insulting and rude. But what I do is I try to explain things on a level that people will get, like, just very briefly, our total alkalinity. I talk about how total alkalinity is like an umbrella that kind of helps cover pH, and when you use that kind of a visual and you use that kind of explanation, people go, aha, you see the little light bulb go off over their head instead of the deer in the headlight look. So some instructors can do that. Some can't or just don't seem to get it. They don't care, whatever. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Zach. Go ahead. I was just going to say that's scary because you're going to get people that well, Edgar is talking about. That's their first experience. And that shuts them yes. down from wanting to go further. Yep. And in our industry, this needs to be the focus. And I know in a big way it is. And I feel like we're transitioning to put it more of a focus. But, you know, for the long time, it was the cheap pool guy, the bad stereotype. And well, now we're starting to elevate our prices. We're the chemists. We're the technicians. We're this. But it's crazy because that one bad experience could be a game-changing thing for someone. Right. Now, I, right. I have a question. You talked about mm -hmm. watching people's light bulbs go off. And yeah. 
not that I'm some big educator, but when I see a light bulb go off, it's there's a feeling I get. It it motivates me. It kind of inspires yes. me to do more, learn more, become better. Right. I imagine it's the same for you. You've been doing this for a long time. Does that yeah. feeling continue after 1,500 trainings? Oh, you still yeah, get that absolutely. feeling? Absolutely. I mean, I learn stuff, new stuff. Um, new technology comes along that I got to learn about because I got to talk about it at some point. So it, I still get it. And, and you still get that. I don't get the jitters that people get. Like if they go in front of a crowd, I get excited. And it's that good excitement that makes me try to be a better instructor to the class that I'm teaching. And here's a perfect example. I've been teaching a three-hour basic water chemistry and testing class at the Atlantic City Show, whichever it's called now, Pool and Spa Show, since 1992. Every year, okay, That's except crazy. this year, right. I, I made the decision not to go because of COVID. But you know, and I've been teaching this class for years, and you know, you think it would get stale after a point. No, it doesn't get stale. You update your slides, you put in different graphics, you just bring it across like it's fresh for them. It might not be for you as an instructor, but they're hearing it for the first time. So you've got to make that impression. And it is, a, like you said, a really neat feeling to see the light bulbs go off over their head. It's like, yes, did my job. <laughs> got another nice. paycheck. I do have Shannon over here saying, that's why I love the industry. Never Ending learning in the trade so that the yeah. learning never ends. Yeah. Yep. Just yep. continues Absolutely. on. Now, yep. I want to ask when you have a room where the attention starts to go in a different direction, I know different mm -hmm. people have different tactics on how to grab mm -hmm. that attention. What is your tactic on grabbing attention? I tap dance. <laughs> yes. And I believe that. I totally yeah. believe that. I <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That gets their attention pretty quick. It's like, what is that fat old guy, balding guy doing? He's tapping. Yeah. And I've done that before. So now that I have your attention, let's go back to this topic. But no, I'll do that. I'll tell a stupid joke. Or another really good way is to engage your attendees. Ask them questions. Okay. Who in here has, I don't know, an indoor pool? Raise your hand. Who uses this kind of chlorine? Raise your hand. That kind of thing. And depending upon the seminar I'm teaching, it could be a definite class interaction kind of thing, like a class on water balance. I'll throw up, okay, here are the values for this particular pool. What would you do? That kind of thing. And I'll get a cover. Give me, give me some ideas. There's no wrong answer. Let's, well, there usually are. But, but g g give me your thoughts on it. And if you engage them well enough, even the really super big classes, like I would get at Atlantic City or, say, the Western Show, you get that. Okay? You get that feedback, and they feel part of the education process. And I think it feels good. It makes them feel good, too. Yeah. I have somebody over here going, what, you don't sing a song from Broadway, Wayne? Come on. <laughs> well, no, because I'm not paid. And they, they don't pay for that part of the show. That. Yeah, they tend to frown on that without paying royalties. And uh, I don't want to go that down that path so <laughs> yeah that's awesome thank you shannon i just want to okay. warn everyone edgar's class he's bringing tennis balls so j just throwing that out there i okay. saw him packing them up the other day so i <laughs> don't know what they're for i have threatened to throw a little clicker that advances the slides at people who fall asleep and I actually had to do it once <laughs> it was in a cpo class okay Not <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy so how has training evolved over the years? You've, you've done so many. What does that look like? Okay. Uh, one word, overheads. 
I used to have to pack a real thick binder like this thick of overheads. And of course you drop them before you have to actually put oh, them on, uh -huh. the, on the machine. That was the big thing. I remember when I took the CPO class the first time that this would have been 97 or 96. The instructor's class is I had to give a presentation in one of the chapters and that literally happened to me. All I had was overheads. And I dropped it just before I gave my presentation. It's like, oh, crap. Well, this isn't going to go good. But I, I got through it. But nowadays, because of technology, yay, when it works, PowerPoints are a wonderful mechanism to get information across. But there's also problems with PowerPoint. You can overload a PowerPoint slide with too much text. That's people don't want to read what it is you're telling them because I can read why is it there. I've done presentations where it's been nothing but graphics and photos. That was wild. That's fun to do. Uh, throw in a cartoon or something every now and then to, to wake them up again. But and because now that you can insert like videos and do exactly what we're doing here today, you know, live streaming information, just the technology is going up and up and up and up. That I it's I won't say it's easier but it's more engaging as an instructor and as an attendee, I think. And the more you can keep an attendee's attention, the better they'll retain the information. I'm jotting down notes over here, Zach. You better. You should be. I'm kind of <laughs> just, like, I'm like, I go train my first class and everybody's like, yeah, you have like everybody, eight seconds. Because of Edgar, we're getting out of the pool industry. <laughs> Don't be that guy, Dude, Edgar. These shows, these shows are a waste of time. You got the Western show too, Edgar. So I'll save so you'll you'll worry. save us. Okay, thank you, and Wayne. In fact, I think one of your classes is right behind mine. One of oh, mine. Oh no! I remember the schedule right. Yep. Oh. So you have to follow me. Good luck with that. <laughs> Dang, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to break out my tap dancing skills. Kind of. <laughs> You know, Please don't go there. Uh, okay. um, I am getting a question that was sent in here via poolnation.com. Okay. It says recently in the cold weather, I noticed that our 001 crystallized in the cold weather. I was still able to get some liquid out to test. Is the 001 still accurate? And why did it crystallize this year? And maybe I haven't noticed that in previous years. You probably haven't noticed it in previous years because it crystallizes when it's frozen. And because of, hello, it's February, some shipments can go out and they, they freeze because of how they get to wherever it is they're going to. And when that happens, and this is pretty much true for any reagent, any liquid reagent from anybody, not just Taylor, that if it freezes, let it thaw out at room temperature. Don't nuke it. Don't stick it in an oven. Don't you know throw it in a pot of boiling water, that kind of thing. Just let it thaw out at room temperature. If it crystallizes after it's thawed out, it's broken down and you probably shouldn't use it. With all that being said, number one, BPD number one is just a buffer. And a buffer changes the pH of your sample so you can get the right color when you add the next reagent. So I tend to tell people, depending upon how bad the crystallization is, you probably still use it. But honestly, it's probably best to get a new bottle, fresh bottle. Okay. I was taking a look and see. I got one more question that's coming in and I'll we'll answer that. So you know, obviously the training and all that has changed over the years. What about the pool industry? What was the pool industry like back then when you started? And what is that like? And I know it's kind of a loaded question, but yeah. kind of what was it like back then? And how do you see it now? And how do you see it going into the future? Back then, because of the lack of the kind of communication venues that we have nowadays, 
It was very one-on-one, visiting distributor in person, going to a retail store in person. Trade shows, obviously, were different. Trade shows, I remember for three-day trade shows, I'd have to pack three suits. Yeah, a suit. <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to a funeral wedding or, or to church on Sunday. I'd wear a suit. That's changed, thank God. But it was very one-on-one. Now, because of technology, this is the new one-on-one, What kind of what we're doing here today. The advantage is you can do it faster, quicker, more efficiently, less costly. Because let's face it, to send me out on the road to visit a distributor was not a cheap endeavor. You need paying salary, transportation, and all those associated costs. So let's take a look at trade shows, okay? Two words, booth babes. You know what a booth babe is? Yes. Okay. Zach, you're going to learn something because he's such a kid right now. He's such a baby. He's such a baby. <laughs> the very first trade show I ever attended was the Atlantic City Show in 1992. Okay. It was at the old convention center, which was on the boardwalk. Booth babes were very attractive young ladies, usually in bikinis or lacking a lot of clothing that's set up on the trade show floor or standing out on the, on the aisles grabbing guys, because there were no women in the industry back then, grabbing guys and pulling them in. <laughs> We've Those been doing it all wrong, Zach. <laughs> Look at that. He's blushing. He's blushing. <laughs> but Edgar, I'm right. All wrong. Am I right? No, I'm you're right. absolutely right. You're absolutely yeah. right. I remember yeah. that. They would have, they would bring like cheerleaders. They would bring model. Mm-hmm. It was it, just to kind of pull guys into the booth. Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing, too. You don't see very many pools or spas filled with water at trade shows because of Legionella or the potential for Legionella to happen. You don't see that. Now, you might see a fountain, but that water still has to be sanitized. And a lot of the times, the people who have these like little decorative things don't understand that. And you go, uh, did you want to add some like bleach to that maybe or a little bit of chlorine, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing? But yeah, you don't see that anymore because of Legionella. So booth babes don't exist anymore to the disappointment of probably a lot of men out there. Uh, and but, but the boob, but the boob and the butt wall still exist. Boob and the butt wall in Atlantic City and Mandalay Bay still exist. Yeah. Still exist. Still exist. For and all of you listening, <laughs> if you want to know what that is, Google it. Wayne, Google yeah, boob, boob wall, Mandalay Bay. Yeah, if you've ever been to the international show at Mandalay Bay, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Guys, I'll be honest, I had to Google it to see what it was like, and it's absolutely crazy. Zach still has it up on his other screens. (laughs) (laughs) That's why he's looking so intently, Wayne. He's like, into the camera. Gosh. (laughs) So I'm curious, Wayne, because I know I've been in the industry a short period of time, 10 years now, really focused on building the pool boys. And Mm -hmm. so my exposure is limited in comparison to what yours is and mm-hmm. it feels like and i know i'm kind of in my own bubble it feels like though from the people around me and the people that i talk to that the industry is changing or has been for a while now uh, over the years do you see like a big mindset switch from kind of when you got in the industry to being professionals being the chemist being like putting an importance like have you seen a priority shift on what is important and how we represent ourselves it 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 that's a really good question evil wayne says no 
I think the the process within the industry is pretty much the same. It's how the process is done that's different. COVID had a lot of had a lot to do with how we do business now. I I know for a fact that a lot of what I do is done exactly what we all are doing here today. A lot of us work from home that don't that not you know out there every day you know pushing that pole. So there's a little bit of not so much of an in-person kind of uh, uh, relationship that you might have had back when I started. That's a little bit more technological, but it's still there. It's still there. I talk to customers every day. I answer their emails every day. I work when I go to the trade shows. I talk to the people there. So it's still communication, okay? And that's never not going to go away. God, I just did a double negative. It's never not going away, okay? You're still going to need that at some point. But it's how we communicate that has improved. Let me give you another really good example. Let's let's talk about technology and testing a little bit. You've seen the rise of test strips. You see the rise of electronic testing. And the Lamont Spin Lab is a perfect example. ITS is a you know, portable meter. That's another good example. Taylor has a colorimeter too. So you see a lot of leaning towards electronics. One of the questions I always, always guarantee you, I always get at a trade show is, I want to be able to stick a probe in the water and it's going to tell me everything. I call that the magic wand. Doesn't exist. We, we all wish exist. that. <laughs> yeah, it will never exist because of how chemistry works. You can't use the same probe for all the different things that you would need to test for. We have to use different ones. So I'm sure at some point down the road, probably, Zach, when you've been around as long as I have, maybe it might come to fruition, okay? And when you tell people that, they go, oh, really? And said, yeah, but look, this is what we have. This is what's available. Utilize what we've got now. And it's doing nothing but improving. So what about pool professionals? Have you seen mm-hmm. a shift in the pool pro trying to be more? Pro- and you do. You obviously talk to a lot more people than yeah. we do. But do you see the shift in the pool pros, just the pool pros themselves, trying to be more professional, being more educated? Or are you just kind of seeing the same kind of shift, the same amounts of groups over the years? I've been asked that before, honestly. I do see an increase in the desire to learn more. And that's proven by the attendance at trade shows, even the virtual trade shows and the classes I might teach virtually there. I look at the number of of people that are in the room or whatnot, and it's still in triple digits or higher. So people still want to learn and they want to know. So I see progress. I see happiness there that the pool professional still wants to know how to do the best job that they can do for their customers because they're here getting on my soapbox now. They're the they're their customers expert. They're their customers asset. The customer relies on them to take care of their pool or spa or both because one they don't want to for whatever particular reason. So they're relying on their expertise. Now we all know pool people not just guys, but gals too, but pool people that, you know, are only in it for the buck. They'll go in, maybe do a pH test, throw a gallon of acid in the pool and walk away or brush it for 10 minutes and then leave. We all know these people. Then you've got the people that they take care of the customer. They know what they're doing. They have that expertise. 
And it's those people that I love teaching too, because they have just absorb all the information you give them like a sponge. And it's great. It's wonderful. So do I see a change? Yes, I do. I'd see a change in the need and desire for education, for on-hand learning. I mean, some of these Genesis classes that they're giving out are fantastic, if you've ever seen them. Stuff that I wouldn't even know how to do, like the electrical one and plumbing and stuff. I have no idea about that. I know chemistry and testing, okay, but they know the other products. So if you go to those classes, a lot of that's hands-on, which is great. And people loved to touch things and to play with them. That's why at trade shows, we'll bring our test kits out. They're obviously empty bottles, but <laughs> they're demos. But they want to touch them. They want to feel them, okay? And the more they do that, the more they kind of connect with the product. And this is true for anybody, for any product in the industry. They want to be able to use it, touch it, feel it, understand it. And that all ties in with education. If there was a piece of advice or something, you know, a lot of our listeners and our audience are either new to the industry, they're business owners, they're people that want to better themselves, or maybe they're just at a point where they've been in it for a while and they're ready for a change or improvement. Not just speaking specifically chemistry or mechanically, Mm -hmm. I'm curious to what piece of advice you would give to them to help them succeed as a pool business owner or a pool professional because mm -hmm. i know there's people that you run into and you just want to shake them and be like <laughs> if you would just do this or if you would just think this way it would be an improvement what piece of advice would you have for pool pros out there well i i would probably say and this is completely off the cuff here that any opportunity you can have to learn more about the industry whether it's, like you said, chemistry, whether it's electronics, whether it's actually how to run your business, do it. I mean, Edgar, you can agree with me on this. Look at the, the listing of the classes at the Western Pool and Spa Show. It's not just Water Balance 101 or Basic Water Chemistry. It's classes like he's giving. It's classes like other groups are giving, like, oh, God, what, what was the one that I read the other day? How to control business costs, that kind of thing. What's the best kind of truck to buy for your for your route that kind of information as long as you have access to that information and actively want to learn more then that that would be the the best thing i would see for anybody some like you said somebody's been around for a while a dinosaur like me or somebody brand new in the industry they they want to be able to learn and grow and unfortunately nowadays they, they don't want to do that i mean how many times in stories have you heard about you know especially say in florida you know, pool staff, dime a dozen, you know, they'll hire them, will never show up to work. Well, they'll show up for a day, you know, and they say, no, this is not for me. It's like, well, why did you even apply in the first place? That kind of thing. And then you have companies, and I know I'm I'm probably embarrassing, like Golki Pools. I don't know if you know them, but they are fantastic. Not to denigrate anybody else in Florida. They are a fantastic group of, of men and women that out there that Matt has been able to grow his business, if you work for Golki Pools, you know your stuff inside and out. And that's the kind of company that if I was new, I would want to work for or I would want to be a part of. You're not these fly-by-night people. Class by, by Golki and I think is like maybe Nick, I think, isn't this like a service manager? This was years ago. I was just, I, we didn't even have employees and it was like how to be more efficient with your mm -hmm. as a service team or something like mm -hmm. that. And it was pure gold. Yeah. Love it. Mm -hmm. yep. yep. By the way, he says that was 
years, a long time ago. That was about three months ago. And his, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, Wayne, I want to talk about something. And I honestly believe that it is a loss for the industry. But you have talked about it. And that is that you are thinking of retiring. So yeah, bye. is that still the case? Are, are you going to retire this year? That is still the case. Yes, I will be retiring at some point in this year, probably not until, in fact, I'm kind of looking at the same day that I started at Taylor as kind of an ironic end date. That would be the start of my 32nd year. And so that was September 16th. But that doesn't mean you can't get rid of me. (laughs) I will hang around, you know, like a festering sore on your butt. For a long time, um, no, I, I'm still planning to to be involved. To what degree, I'm not quite sure yet. Whether I stay on uh, Taylor, like on a consultant basis, or or what, not quite sure yet. I know I will still be involved with PHTA and everything I do for them. And like I mentioned earlier, I'm part of the education committee, so I teach instructors how to teach the course um, with the CPO Advisory Council. We always update the manual and the exams and things like that. So I'll still be involved in that. So it, I'll still be around, you know, that kind of thing. But as far as being the Taylor guy, I guess I'll always be the Taylor guy, but I'll be the Taylor guy emeritus <laughs> at the end of that. But I'll still be around. I'll still be around. <laughs> Maybe a one nine hundred number, like one nine hundred S Wayne. That's actually a great idea. That could be a doable thing. It would work. Man. So let me I got a couple comments here. One from Joel. Will we see Wayne at the Pie Show? That one would be September. Yeah. Well, actually, the Pie Show this year is the first week in October. They had to move it back. So I believe it's the uh, 6th, 7th, and 8th of October, if I remember correctly. I'm going to say now it's probably 50-50 whether I'll be there or not. It kind of depends. I would like to be there because I like the pie show, but we'll have to wait and see. The only two shows that I'm guaranteed I know I'm going to, three shows, are the Everything Under the Sun show in Orlando next month, the Western Pool Spa show the week after that next month, and definitely the International show in November. So I know I'll be going to those two. The other ones, I'm not quite sure yet. So I have Dave over here saying Wayne is a wealth of chemical knowledge plus crab cakes. So I'm sure there's a story to that. (laughs) I'm from Maryland. I live and breathe Old Bay seasoning. It's in my blood. (laughs) (laughs) Give me uh, crab cakes and bacon. Bacon's up there too, guys. Yeah, you know what? They're both really good. That's true. So, yeah. Zach, we're going to have to do a trip to Maryland and get some of those crab yep. cakes and see if we're going to yep. put them on the top of our list. Let's do it. Well, first of all, learn to pronounce Maryland right as Merlin. Merlin. You know. Walmer Merlin. <laughs> I don't know. I moved out to Texas, and the other day I said Denton, and somebody corrected me, and they're like, Edgar, you don't want to be saying that like that. They're no, they're going to know you're not from here. It's Denton. You got to say Denton, and you can't say Denton. that You don't pronounce the T, and I'm like. Wow. So, yeah. Well, when you Maryland. go, when I keep, teach up north, they say I have a southern accent. When I go to the south, they say I have a northern accent. <laughs> Guys, Maryland is south of the Mason Dixon line. Okay. So technically it's southern. I still say all y'all, but I don't go all, all y'all. y'all. All y'all. All <laughs> y'all. There's a difference. <laughs> yes, there's a big difference. Shannon is saying he sweats Old Bay. Yeah, that's right. I do. Yes. That's why my hair is a little bit red. Yeah. What left of it is. 
Ed Morrison is going, yum. See, we're starting to talk food and make people hungry. <laughs> now, let's, let's, let's switch the podcast now. Pull Nation cooking podcast. So, right. with, you know, Wayne is going to talk about how to make some gra- good crop cakes. With, yep, uh, I can do that. I do make good Wayne Ivish from Maryland. It's not Ivish. It's Ivishin. He's an entrepreneur. Oh, <laughs> see, Wayne, how this is going. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, man, I'm going to have to retire off this podcasting thing so I don't take all those shots, man. It's like shots fired every time. I'm going to tell you, I am honestly afraid when people send me their names. I'm very Mm -hmm. conscious and afraid, and I'm hoping that it's easy names to pronounce. And I start to sweat when it's a hard one because I know that Zach and John are just going to have a field day with me. So, Well, it's funny. My last name is Croatian in origin. And it, when I got to, my wife and I had the uh, opportunity to do a Mediterranean cruise for our 30th wedding anniversary a number of years ago. And one of the stops was in Dubrovnik. And I arranged for a private tour of the area. And when she saw, when the tour guide saw my last name, she got really excited because she said, oh, there's Ivusik 30 kilometers away. And I went, what is it Ivusik? And I said, okay. And then she said, do you know what that translates to in English? No, Johnson. <laughs> My last name is Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> or as Edward say, Johansson. Johansson. <laughs> so now what I'm going to do is I'm going to call you Johnson because I can pronounce that one and not your real last name. So okay. people are going to have to. <laughs> so Awesome. Wayne, I know we got the webinar series. If anyone wanted mm-hmm. to attend your webinar series, where can they find that? I do it through GoToWebinar. And the way GoToWebinar works is that you have to individually register for each webinar. So the best thing for somebody who wants to take them is to email me, and then I will send them the links. And my email address is very simple. Uh, It's Wayne, W-A-Y-N-E, at taylortechnologies.com. That's Wayne at taylortechnologies.com. And if you go to Taylor Technologies' website, which is taylortechnologies.com, you can also find me and, and link to my email address through there too. Hey guys, let's do this. Let's take our final word from our sponsors. When we come back, Zach, I want to get your final thoughts. The Hyper Pole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. 
You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray all day. <laughs> Blu-ray all day. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking to Wayne from Taylor Technologies. Wayne Johnson, we appreciate you being <laughs> on the podcast today. <laughs> So, Wayne, we normally do final thoughts from John and Zach. John's not here, so I'm going to give you my final thoughts. Zach, I'll kind of jump in before you and normally have you go first. And, and so, Wayne, the first thing that I want to do is I want to thank you. Did I walk into the pool industry 13 years ago and ever think that I'm going to be here where I am today, sitting there, having a conversation with you, having a different role in the pool industry? Absolutely not. I just thought I would be a pool pro and that was it. But, you know, life's journeys take us in different places. And I have to say, if I look back and I remember walking into your first training class and taking that first training and after talking about it here today, that class really was the one that really sparked that fire to be able to learn more and to learn more about business and do all that kind of stuff. And I could have walked into a different class and had a bad experience. And like Zach was saying, be like, these shows aren't worth it. But at the end, I used to take my guys to the show and the, and it was mandatory for them, you know, to take your class. That was like the first class that I would send them to. And so we look back at what we're trying to do now with the industry. And really all we want to do is help that brand new pool pro be successful at every aspect of their business from the finances to the water chemistry, to the repairs, to all of it. And we do that through education. And that's really the main thing. Would I ever thought that I would kind of be sitting here on a platform trying to push education and tell people to learn more and stuff like that? No, absolutely not. That's completely different. But taking your class really sparked that fire. And now I sit back and talk about it a little bit. And a lot of the education that we try to do has the same characteristics that you taught in your class. And I hadn't even thought about that until yesterday. But a lot of what we try to do, I sit there and I look and I'm like, oh my God, that's kind of like what Wayne does. Make the conversation easy, make the topic understandable in a way that he has a personality. So if he's not attracting the people because of the, the content, they know Wayne, they know his personality, people are talking about it. And everything that we do, we sit there and we look at it and it's like, oh my God, we kind of do a lot of things in the similar ways that Wayne does it. And I kind of sit back and I think, oh my God, was that something 
that just kind of tend to happen? Or was it because I came into the industry, that's what I learned. And then as I started my journey with the guys, that's kind of what you emulate. So I honestly think that it's a big, huge loss for the industry that you're going to be retiring because I truly believe that there's a lot of great education, but there's also a lot of bad education and your education is great. It's phenomenal. And I think that's what pushes people to want to be able to learn more. And I think one thing that we don't do as an industry is we don't take the time to stop and tell people, thank you. And we don't stop and we don't recognize people as an industry. We're terrible at that. People spend their entire lives in an industry and it is what it is. Everybody kind of goes on their own. And that's one of the things that we're trying to change. We're trying to change that. We're trying to motivate people. We're trying to thank people for the jobs and the things that they've done. So I have to tell you, thank you, because if I stop and look at that now, a lot of the trajectory which I'm in today was really sparked by that and that by that first class that I put at the Western show. So I really want to thank you for that. And we want to recognize you and thank you for all your contributions to the pool industry, because what we're trying to do is really kind of something that you started before. We're just trying to grab that torch and kind of carry it forward. So thank you for all your years of service. Thank you for giving all your career to the pool industry. So we really appreciate that. And I have Shannon over here yelling, yes, absolutely. Thank you, Wayne. <laughs> thank you, Edgar. Appreciate it. Thank you. And Shannon, thank you. <laughs> That's going to be absolutely hard to follow. That's great, Edgar. <laughs> I've got to say, though, for my final thoughts, Edgar knows this. And for those of you that don't, know me, I frequently get riled up and I would say more so like motivated and amped up about different things. And the current rabbit hole that I'm in is all revolving around chemistry. So this episode has completely got me captivated and just really interested. And I got to say, it amazes me how far this industry has advanced. And I mean, technology wise and training wise, and it couldn't have done so without people like you, Wayne who have had a huge part in pushing it to help it move along to where it is today. And yes, we have a long ways to go, but we are much farther than where we were 31 years ago. And so, like Edgar said, thank you for that. And your passion, it just oozes out and your commitment to the industry. And it motivates me to try to help with the pushing. I want to get behind and I want to push. And hopefully in some way, no matter how small it is, I bring a little bit more positivity to this space. And if we can all do that collectively, then we will all elevate this industry. So thank you for spending time with us today to share your story. I really enjoyed it. Hopefully I can capture some of those training tactics and some of your methods. And I can, like Edgar said, emulate that to my team and bring that here. So thank you. And I hope all of our listeners have a great weekend and Got a lot of good info here today. Thank you, Zach. I appreciate it. Yeah. Big shout out no there words. for everybody listening. Sorry. No, I have no more words. Thank you. That's Yeah, I have no more words. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no problem, Wayne. We really appreciate everything that you've done for the industry. So thank you so much. All right, guys. I hope everybody has a great weekend. We will catch everybody next Wednesday on our Instagram live and obviously the podcast. Get ready, everybody. We will be out at the Western Pool and Spa Show. Wayne will be out there too. So come out and visit us. Come out and hang out with us. Wayne. Bye, guys. Zach, have a good one. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. 
You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for, PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry, a pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com. Pool Nation, all rights reserved. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in a verbal or nonverbal way may not be distributed. It may not be distributed in any social media platforms or transmitted in any other forms or any other means, including recording or other electronic or mechanical methods without the prior written permission of Pool Nation.